Andrews Walker, studio in Evansville, Indiana, and you are listening to Light Source. Welcome to episode 54 of Light Source, the official podcast of StudioLighting.net, website introducing photographers to portrait and studio lighting equipment and techniques. I'm Bill Crawford, publisher. And I'm Ed Hidden, exclusive photographer and image inspector with iStockphoto.com. On today's episode, we are going to have a talk with uh, Portrait Photography Studio, Walker Studio at walkerstudiophoto.com if you want to follow along at home. It's a husband and wife team that do some really good uh, portraits, and they have some really nice business sense about the way that they market their images. And they talk to us about some of the stuff that they do and what sets them apart and makes them unique. And if you guys are portrait photographers out there, hopefully you guys can pick something up from these guys. It was a giving me a, a kind of an interesting insight into the portrait market. It's an area that I don't typically uh, market to. I, I know you do some yourself, Bill, but what did you think of their show? I thought it was a really good interview. I especially liked some of the stuff we got into about marketing and and kind of, you know, how to sell some of the products that come out of portrait sessions. So it, was, it should be a really interesting show for just about everybody. I think it's it's nice because we we have so many, it seems like we have so many commercial photographers on the show and talk about commercial lighting and things like that. It's I think this is probably a, li- a little bit more in line with some of the types of photos that a lot of our listeners are probably doing. Yeah, and they gave some really good practical advice for, you know, lighting for children and stuff. So overall, I think it'll be a useful show. But we also, uh, we haven't recorded in a little while, so we did a little bit of a gap there. We'll call it a Thanksgiving break. It sounds good. It's a pre-holiday hangover. No, that's not. not (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) Anyway, I hope nobody was panicking. The show is still going full speed ahead, and we have a lot of really great interviews coming up, so just weird timing and holiday there screwed us up so we're back yes and we uh we actually just finished up another interview for the the following show so that should be out at at pretty much the regular interval as well so uh we're not going to a a one month show or anything like that we just it was it was a bad busy holiday there so we're, yeah it was all right we're, we're back on track i slapped my wrist <laughs> speaking of uh busyness i have to congratulate you publicly man because you're now a diamond contributor at iStockphoto.com, which is huge you rock congratulations buddy <laughs> oh thank you it's uh no you rock and you know that no, 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 no it's it's taken me a lot longer than it should <laughs> but I, I keep as my friends keep reminding me they said you know hey you have a full-time job and you do a lot of work on the site as well so yeah, you know, I, I guess that's okay, but yeah, I feel like I could have done it better. So, Black Diamond will go quicker. That's what I'll 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 stick with that. For anybody that's not a, an iStock contributor or involved in iStock Photo, that means that Ed has had twenty five thousand image downloads. How cool is that? It, it's kind of weird to think about it because it it's that means that there's a a lot of images out there. And actually, something I was trying to send you when we were doing our little our, our pre intro show here. Well, I was on a, a searching site the other night looking for, um, well, I'm, I'm not going to say what it was. It, it was photo related. We'll just leave it at that. I shouldn't say that because someone's going to think it was dirty pictures. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't dirty <laughs> pictures. <laughs> so you saw an image of yours. I, it was on a banner. Nice. Like, hey, hey, there I am playing video games. That's funny. That is funny. 
Well, um, to change gears a little bit and go back to what we this interview is going to be about, I've been doing a lot of portraits this month and the past two months really is kind of a busy season for me. And I, I'm switching labs kind of. I'm starting to do my own fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I guess my, my business is moving along a little bit in the sense that I've kind of grown outgrown the all-in-one online storefront situation where you just upload your pictures and they send them to your customers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just getting a little more picky. And so are my clients about the quality of the photos and stuff. So I've been shopping for online storefronts for portrait photographers and event photographers. And that's been really interesting. Yeah, I've done some stuff, kind of homebrew, Photoshop web gallery things in the past. When I was looking at going and doing, uh, cycling was always my sport. And I was going to do a lot of covering the events and selling the photos to the, the participants. And so I was looking at a lot of those and what the what the cut was back to the photographer. And I felt like with the amount of sales that I thought that I would be doing, I I would be working for Shutterfly. The way it works is you go and do your photography and then you upload your images to their server and they build a web gallery for you and host the images on their server. And then when your customers make orders, uh, they print them and ship them to them. That means they'll take the credit cards and all the merchant stuff that happens and also they handle the hosting of the files. And in most cases, the processing and printing and delivery of the files as well. Now, all of that ends up costing a photographer. There's multiple ways that they charge you. Sometimes they charge you a hosting fee just to have your pictures there. Uh, Many of them don't. Many of them are flat percentages. So if you have a $100 order, they're going to take anywhere between 12 and 20%, actually up to 30% in a couple that I researched this past week. So yeah, it's, that's just really not ideal. So I ended up for the ones later in the season, I ended up building my own gallery since, you know, I have some web development background and using PayPal to take credit cards. And many photographers that I talk to that are doing this, they're just taking checks and getting paid old school so they can avoid a lot of these merchant fees. Um, After talking to Stacy about, and you'll hear in this interview that we have, he said that he used to do online proofing. And then now all they do is bring people in the studio to look at the images because you have so much more of an opportunity to upsell them. And uh, it's just been a really interesting year for me in terms of figuring out how all that works. It's interesting to to do that, especially when you, I know that you've done a lot of portrait parties where you, you group a number of sessions into a smaller period of time into a single location. So that way you're you're allowing your participants to share in the expense of actually getting you to do the portrait. Right. And that, that comes out of the natural thing that happens when somebody knows you're a photographer. Pretty soon all your friends want free portraits of their families and stuff. So I started doing it just as a way to profit from it without having to charge my friends constantly. That was a little awkward. So I just said, you know what, you invite a bunch of people to your home I'll show up with all my gear. I'll photograph your family and I'll also photograph all your friends and their families. And then if anybody wants prints, they can purchase them from me. And it worked out pretty well for a while, but it's a lot of work. And, you know, you have all these technical issues to deal with on the back end. And then you have real customers and you have to make them happy. So <laughs> that's always interesting. I, when I was doing the event photography, I went a lot with the same route that that you're doing now with doing your, your own gallery on your own server. And, you know, I have a a strong web design background as well. 
uh, to keep my overhead where I really wanted to keep it, I actually went the route of doing all my own printing. That was a whole other animal to learn. In it's like you would think it's it's so much more than just hitting the print button. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of care to be taken with your uh, the way that you profile your color, the way you set your color up in Photoshop. Now, I haven't really played with the printing module in Lightroom, but I hear it's getting easier to control color a little bit better when you're doing your own output. And that's the route that I went to try and keep my overhead low to keep my bottom line looking a lot better. It also gives you the opportunity to really have control over the final print. When you start outsourcing your printing, don't get me wrong, there are a lot of very outstanding labs that are very, very good at taking even maybe a mediocre image and just making it really pop in the print. And some of them really do a good job at that. But there are others that it's almost like they are hitting the print button and you end up with your clients receiving images with poor color and stuff like that. You don't have the control that a lot of photographers really do want. Well, this new lab that you're using, do you have any samples from it that you've actually gotten to see from them? Or are you just going based on what other people have said and what their reputation is? I've been researching labs for a while. This whole year, I've been looking at different labs. And what I've found is that the good ones are going to want to send you samples. In fact, one of them, which was really cool to me, is they, before you even get anywhere with them, before they allow you to set up your account, you have to send five high-resolution 8x10 images from your collection that you've already photographed, and they want to send you the prints back. And as soon as you are okay with the prints and they're okay with your files, then they'll set up your account. Wow, that's nice, because yes. that way they make sure that you're going to be happy with them as a customer. Exactly. It's the point. And they know what they're going to get from you as well, so they can address any of the weird things like color profiles and stuff up front. Huh. Well, that's pretty cool. I've definitely learned a lot. So I will keep you guys updated as we go along here. We've talked on the show a number of times about sharing your photos online, and we've had some really great discussion in the Flickr group about different ways for people to put different stuff together. And one of the things we talked about was Slideshow Pro was going to be releasing a module for Lightroom. Well, it is out, and it's available for purchase. Single-user license price point ended up being $25. Nice. Um, if you if you have already purchased the Slideshow Pro for Flash, the price is $10. Oh, beautiful. So it's a nice, inexpensive little addition to Lightroom if you already have Lightroom. If you don't have Lightroom, then it's a, what, $310 purchase. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a really... But if you're a Lightroom user, that's that's a really great way to easily export images into a gallery that can be viewed on the web. Yeah, I, I love the way that Slideshow Pro um, does its presentation. So, I mean, I I probably sound like a commercial for it. I think it works really well and just has a really nice impact. It's cool stuff. Well, speaking of announcements, we might as well mention that Flickr has added photo editing right into their interface, which, I you know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, and this is actually one that we had talked about on the show that you had played with online. It was what, Picnic? Picnic, yeah, they partnered with Picnic. So what this means is if you're a Flickr member, which I hope all of you are, because that's where we all hang out in, in our Flickr light source group. Uh, if you're not, go over and sign up, Flickr.com. But what that means is if you upload an image and then you want to modify it, do red eye removal or rotate it or crop it or anything like that, that you can do it right inside of Flickr's website now. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I think a lot of people in our audience will be the type of person that really tweaks with their images before they even get them to Flickr. But I know that I do a lot of, you know, I'll snap a webcam shot here or there, or I'll take something from a point and shoot that, you know, we're playing around on a family trip. And the ability to do that, get it out there and get it cropped and whatever on the fly, I can see the benefit of that more so than than I did when Picnic was on its own. And I was thinking the same thing as you at first i thought well you know i do most of my editing way before it ever gets presented on Flickr. but some of the people that have used it have been doing some interesting things with it such as making a second version of the image for the blog entry or something that they crop it a different way or maybe modify the color of it and you can do that without opening photoshop so maybe you're going through your Flickr feed and you're like oh I want to grab this image and use it for something else. You can do that even if you're not in front of your own computer. See, I always think that that's from people that are blogging at work and they don't have access to their Photoshop tools at home. Exactly. Yeah, that's probably, (laughs) you're probably right. (laughs) I would never do that personally, but you know. Yeah, no experience there. Yeah. You had sent me a really cool video the other night. I'm starting to think that photographers are kind of moving to the the videographer route, it certainly seems. I know we've had a a couple guys on the show, Chase Jarvis, really got pretty well known for putting some really great stuff out on YouTube and then syndicating it on his his own blog and now has his own uh, iTunes feed where you can get get those direct for your iPod or iPhone. We have Mark Wallace uh, that's been doing some really great stuff and has actually partnered on studiolighting.net. It seems like video is the next trend uh, that's out there. I think we've talked about this guy, Dave Hill Photo. Have yeah. you been to his website? I haven't been there for a while, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Dave Hill. A lot of guys in the Flickr group are too. He has some amazing processing. and I, I, He has that style that's, that's very trendy right now, and it's, it's, a, it's a style that I've tried to, to mimic in some of my work because I, I like the way that the images feel. They almost have like an illustration feel to them, which has been, uh, I don't know if you know about this about me, Bill, but illustration was always what I wanted to go into. And yeah. actually, when I got out of art school, I was an illustrator first before I was a web designer or anything else. Really? Yeah. So it's this illustrative feel that I, I kind of is making like this little full circle uh, thing in my creative career right now. And Dave Hill is kind of like one of those guys that has that look of where I've been trying to migrate my work to. Well, the video portion, I had never noticed before. I don't know if it's been there all along, but if you go to his website and in the bottom right hand corner underneath the thumbnails is a link that says behind the scenes. It's kind of hidden. It's down there. It's out of the way. It doesn't look like it's part of the main navigation, but there is some incredible videos in there of behind-the-scenes shoots, and some of them are the ones that are here on the the first page of his portfolio. Like somewhere they have the bands jumping up and down in the air in the bottom center row. There's the wrestler with his hand through the block of ice. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's the how-to video on that. Wait, Not really how-to, but like a... You know, someone capturing the day's events and showing what went through with them getting that particular shot. And it's really neat to see how he's doing his work, how he works on set. Uh, he doesn't do a lot of description of what he's doing, but if you're you kind of watching over his shoulder, you can kind of get a feel of where he's going with his stuff. So it's definitely some fun videos to check out. And it's at DaveHillPhoto.com. That's a great resource, Ed. And I know a lot of you guys have asked us to get Dave on the show and we've, we've been trying for a while. I mean, I'm not saying that he has said no because he hasn't, but we would love to get him on the show. Actually, 
anybody knows Dave or if Dave, you ever listen to this, man, you got to come on the show and hang out with us. <laughs> but in the meantime, you could check out those videos and at least get a little bit of a, a view into what he's up to. It's cool stuff. I, I just befriended one of his friends that shoots with him on Flickr. See, that's perfect. So uh, we'll see if we can work that angle and see if we can't get him on the show because he has some really, really great stuff. Good times. While we're talking about some of the cool photographers that have great web presence, of course, you have to mention Strobist. He has his end of the year contest for the image of the year. And I got to say his prizes are way cool. And it's a really easy way to win some great stuff. He hasn't announced all of his prizes but he has announced some pretty cool stuff, like a pair of Pocket Wizard Plus 2s, just for starters. Are we eligible for this? Yes, everybody's eligible. So you got to check it out. Man. Yeah, and he's got a bunch of prizes. He told me I'm not allowed to say what they all are until he announces them because he's doing it one at a time. But <laughs> <laughs> it's trickling them out there. Yeah, but it's definitely a contest you got to check out. And it ends soon. If you're listening to this show and it's toward the end of December, you got to hurry up and go in there and submit your photo in the Strobus Flickr pool. Oh, okay. Well, as usual, we've given the listeners way more than they can handle. We should probably let them go. This edition of the Light Source we have with us this evening Walker Studio Photo at walkerstudiophoto.com. If you want to follow along at home and look at some of the images that we're going to be talking about this evening, and we have with us Stacy and Andrea. They are the artists at Walker Studio, uh, husband and wife team. Is that correct? That's right. Is, is that working out well for you guys? Yeah, it worked out really well. We love working together. It's, it's a lot of fun, and we really enjoy spending as much time as we can together. So it works out really well. Oh, that's good. I, I know that uh, I'm not going to say that because my wife might actually listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's not was, always easy. Yeah. <laughs> it isn't always easy. <laughs> well, it's, it's good that you guys have such a great relationship and, you, and you've worked it into such a good business. I believe we found you from Studio Photography Magazine, uh, an article that we had seen in there. You guys are really big in portrait. You are from Indiana and members of the Professional Photographers of America, Senior Portrait Artists. Actually, pulling off of your website here, you, you have something really great that I think kind of sums up a lot of the, what you guys do. You put out a couple basic bullet points and say how we're different. So how are you guys different? We really strive to, you know, to make our, our customers very relaxed when they come see us. We strive on, you know, just being at home, being easygoing, making it fun. You know, the biggest thing for us when our clients come in is let them have a good time. So if they're going to be themselves, we're going to capture a lot more of their personality when they're just relaxed and, and being themselves. Especially, I think a lot of times with families, you know, when dads come in and guys typically don't enjoy being photographed. That's just the way it is, <laughs> whether it's an engagement session or whether it's a family portrait or um, even a high school senior. So I think keeping it light, you play music in the studio when they're there, we keep it so that they can be themselves. And just, you know, we're joking and laughing and cutting up with them just like we've known them for a long time. So by the end of the, the time that we're photographing, you know, they're going, see, that wasn't so bad. And, and so they'll tell people, you know, it wasn't so bad. It's good. You know, it's, they make it fun. And they, and they spread that word because it was another humdrum photo session with the family. Well, that makes it nice. I know I've been to a couple different portrait sessions with before I would consider myself a photographer. So I went to those portrait sessions then, and it was, you know, turn your head this way, look this direction, and it, it did seem very uh, tedious. Right. Yeah, and we try to stay completely away from 
from that whole area of, of being that technical of, you know, okay, you have to pose perfectly and, you know, just be yourself, be natural. Even when you shoot like high school seniors, you know, I might see them standing waiting for me to set something up and, you know, it's not, okay, stop. Look how you're standing. Look how you have your arms. Don't you do the exact same thing in just a second? Because it's just them. That's how they are. It's their mannerisms. It's their personality, not how I've tried to mold them, how I think they should be. Okay. Does that present any difficulties in terms of posing and making sure you can see everybody's head and all that kind of thing when you have groups of people? Um, it can at times. You know, we we try to at least get them in, you know, in an area where the and in some configuration where we think it's going to work out pretty well, and then kind of let them be themselves. You know, sure they're gonna they're gonna be shots where you know they're looking at their child instead of at the camera, or they're you know involved in something else with inter- interact with each other when we may want them to be looking at the camera, but. It's kind of part of it. As long as we continue to work with them and, you know, kind of bring them back around. We give them some instructions, you know, maybe what to do and, and in different areas, but not to the point of, you know, this is exactly how you'd be and going up to them and, you know, putting them in the exact position. Okay. And I think on the other side of that, too, is sometimes, you know, we will do, especially with, with the, the infant portraiture and that kind of thing, and so, so that it looks the best. I mean, you want it to look interactive, but at the same time, you want it to look nice you know, because you, you want them to buy the, the prints and things. So sometimes they just want direction on how to do things. And sometimes I'll show them in the camera, you know, so I'll do it the way they are, and then I'll do it the way that I kind of suggest that they move their head or move whatever. And I'll show them the difference, and they instantly see the benefit of just a little bit of advice, a little bit of tweaking of how they, they naturally are. Okay. So you show them the back of the camera or... I pull that trick on my seven-year-old when he gets insistent about what he wants to pose as. is like, all right, sure, yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, yeah, we'll do what you want to do. Okay, now we're going to do my idea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So how long have you guys been in this business, and how did you get started with this type of photography? We have been in business for five years. I took photography in college. Um, it was more of a commercial photography, so that was kind of my background. I was a commercial art major and interned at a graphics art company, but they also had a photography studio. So there was a lot going on, so I sent me to the photography studio. From day one, I absolutely loved it. knew that's exactly what I wanted to be. The commercial side of it, I didn't find it enjoyable as the portrait work, being with clients, interacting with people. I'd much rather do that than personally than shoot products or shoot, you know, items all day and work with art directors. So to me, you know, having the fun with, with families and children and, you know, that those relationships, we gain a lot of joy out of that part of it. That's very cool. Did you start out as a team? Have you guys always worked together? Uh, I started out doing more of the work myself and Andrew assisting and she came in right away. She loves it as well. So. That's great. Now, one of the other points that uh, I see on here, the the how are we diff- how we're different. You say that you uh, you show for people around in a Hummer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it says you actually leave the studio to take your portrait. So you don't actually shoot in your studio. You do a lot of portrait work where they're most comfortable. We do a lot of portrait work out out of our studio. You know, like with especially with our high school seniors. That's a big part of our business. We typically do about three hour sessions. I like for two hours of that to be on location and probably an hour in the studio. I think people are much more relaxed when they're outside of the studio. They're more themselves and in natural environments. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's like being on a fashion shoot. You're driving around looking for cool locations. I may not have any clue where we're going to go until they've come in. I see their clothing. I see what kind of style they like. And then, you know, I know locations around town. I know it's, I've lived here all my life. I know where places are. So, We'll drive around and look for different things. You know, I know this is a cool area. Let's go there and find something that'll that, that'll fit with what you brought, your kind of style that, that you tell me you kind of like. So we do a lot of stuff out of the studio and really enjoy that part of it. And 
I tend to be very hyper, and so <laughs> I will drive along and stop dead on a dime because I think something's cool based on what they're wearing, and they think that's hilarious. So, it, it, again, it's, it's just that relaxing of, you know, I blame it on being ADD kind of thing, you know, <laughs> and they, the, the, the humorous part is that they're they're relaxed because they're laughing because we've just, you know, had no clue where we're going, and now all of a sudden we've got this really cool thing. And then, again, I, I show them the back of the camera a lot because I want them to see how cool and how fun this is, and that keeps them motivated. It builds their trust in me throughout that whole experience because they're kind of seeing a little taste of what they're going to get, so... You know, I've used that to my advantage, too, because it keeps that enthusiasm going and it keeps them motivated to be able to, you know, again, to build that trust for when I do make suggestions and when I do tell them what to do, that it they can see that it's going to be successful for them and for their shoes. That's very yeah, cool. I think everyone, when they come, when they go get their portrait taken, I mean, they're always nervous, whether they're children, whether they're a family, our high school seniors, they're always nervous starting out because they want to look good. They want to look their best. They're worried about how it's going to look. And you know, because they may not have the most self-confidence, but once you start interacting with them and shooting them and showing them just enough images to build that confidence level up, it's no time before they're really into it, they're really having a good time, and they know that things are turning out well. Right. Now, when you're traveling around looking for locations like that, does that present a challenge for lighting, or do you guys use mostly natural light when you're out? We don't use a lot of artificial lighting when we're out of the studio. Typically, we'll use natural lighting, we'll use some reflectors, take out the hot spots, reflect light back in where we want it. For us, it's just a, a little more manageable. Personally, with, with me, with electronic flash outdoors, I'm not a big fan of it. I think it gets a little flat. So I'd much rather be able to reflect light if possible. Okay. And so you just take large reflector panels with you and decide when you get there? Yes. So when you're on a location, and since you don't have a lot of equipment with you, do you have any particular things in mind that you look for when you're looking for a scene? Do you look for an overhang? Do you look for the shade? Do you look for certain things that jump out at you and go, yep, that's where we're going? Um, I think like all photographers, I hate this, you know, open, bright, ugly light. So, yeah, we're always looking for, you know, a shadier spot, something with an overhang where we can, we're still bright enough around that we can reflect that light back in but not completely blast them. Otherwise, you know, we're trying to diffuse light on top and then reflect things in. So if we can find something in the environment that's already diffusing the overhead light for us, that tends to be helpful. So we do go for those kind of areas if possible, but we don't, I mean, we're always limited to that. I mean, we may see something like the side of a train, you know, and I like the way that someone has done graffiti on the, on the box car. So, you know, it's out in the middle of the open sun. So we'll put an overhead diffuser on, reflect some light back underneath and shoot right there. That's great. When you are in the studio, you guys do a mix of everything from maternity through child photography and family portraiture. What are some of the challenges that you find when you're actually in the studio compared to being outdoors? Do you, do you have a preference? or uh, For us, in the studio, we, we do not have window lights, so we are all electronic flash indoors, which is a little more of a challenge because with, you know, with electronic flash, sure, you have mono lights that are on, and um, you can kind of get, get some idea where the lighting is going to be, and through experience, you learn you know what setting to put things on, but it's a little bit of trial and error as compared to outdoors. You you, you can see it right away, so you know if you got it right or not. So right. that's a little bit more of a challenge. Plus being, a, you know, we don't have high ceilings. We have 10-foot ceilings, so trying to get kicker lights in from above and hair lights, sometimes that's a little bit of a challenge with not having enough, a lot of room above them. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. I can relate to that one. Yeah, I think we all can. <laughs> Well, let's talk a little bit about the child photography that, that you have on your website. Some of really nice images, by the way. 
and I've taken a lot of photography of young children. How do you deal with the age range where they don't really want to sit still at all? And you're trying to capture the, the essence of them, but that means that they're running all over your studio. <laughs> you, you <can> really... <laughs> Lock the doors. <laughs> I do a lot of the infant up to toddler, especially when they're just individual children. When there's multiples, we kind of have to outnumber them with adults. That's our theory. Okay. Um, so as long as we outnumber them, we're successful. Your um, power. <laughs> a lot of times... Again, if it's a new time shooting them or if it's been a while since they've been in, it's just getting them acclimated again, just kind of playing with them. I mean, I'll sit down with toys or sit down with, you know, just tapping on the floor and, do, you know, them mocking me and those kind of things. And so we kind of get them interested in those. If, if they're really clingy to mom and mom needs to be nearby, then mom sits on the floor with them as well so that they'll kind of stay put. We're big fans of Cheerios and Smarties. Nice. <laughs> you know, we're not above bribery. We'll hide things since I have chairs and things that lift our benches that lift up and there's things inside. So, and we have to change a lot. You cannot use the same thing to keep their attention because they are on the move. They're interested in new things and different things. Sometimes it's putting a sticker on the floor and go sit on the sticker, you know, or go hide it with your toes or (laughs) lay your belly on there. There's different things like that. So they kind of, it's a game, lots and lots of games. And we tend to do, we do have a, um, a playroom in our studio for children to go into while parents are viewing images because, you know, we recognize we have children. We know that it's not always easy to, to lead them with a grandma or grandpa or a sitter while you're coming in viewing images. So we do have a playroom for that. But okay. when they come in for a session, we really try to interact and play with them in the camera room, you know, in the area that we're going to do their images at because they may get in that area, and, you know, they're a little nervous about it. You know, it, the lights are a little dark and, you know, that's a new area for them. So... We try to make that exact area where we're going to photograph them a play area, a play, an area they can be relaxed and be fun, and have fun in. So we try to get them right into the camera room and interact with them right in that area. Okay. And I have extreme sure. patience with them. I mean, I see parents stress out way, way soon, and we're going, it's okay, Dad, it's okay, Mom, <laughs> you know, because they kind of have this vision. If I tell them to sit down and, or to sit in a chair and they get up 500 times, you know, Dad may be having this rubbing his temples or, you know, mom would be going, you know, he just doesn't do this normally. And so I showing them that back of the camera going, you know, we got this though. And they're like, how did you get that? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and and that's great. I, you know, I, you know, I I don't want them to be able to do what I do. So again, it's that reassurance that we're doing fine. They're doing fine. You know, we've got plenty of time for this. You know, I mean, sometimes they're crying, you know, and it's getting them to loosen, you know, the child to loosen up. And so it's just, exercising patience with them and and that helps tremendously. Do you find that you need a little extra time when you're doing children? What's a typical session duration? If it's a new child we haven't worked with before or someone we haven't worked with in a long period of time, we'll typically schedule a two-hour window. Now, we don't expect them to be photographing for two hours, but we want to give the child plenty of time to to come in, be comfortable, and, and get photographs and not feel rushed. We don't want to feel that, okay, we have 30 minutes to get this done and they're crying for 25 minutes of that. So, you know, and we reassure the parents, you know, we're going to schedule this window and that's the time frame we're kind of, kind of work in because sometimes it may be 30 minutes into it before we even start photographing, before, you okay. know, before we pick up the camera and start. I think that's another thing that really separates us because we know a lot of other photographers in the area and we know the schedules they keep and it, you know, they may be a one hour session and we're thinking there's no way you're going to get a child to open up and be themselves in that small period of time. By the time they get in, get their clothes changed, you get set up to shoot it and start photographing, 
You're just not going to have time to capture their personality. That makes sense. I noted somewhere else, I think it was in the article that you guys talked about, not necessarily having the child always looking at the camera. Is that something that you talk to your parents about? We, a lot. A lot. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times they'll have a preconceived idea, perfect pose image of looking at the camera, this big smile. But a lot of things that hang in our studio are, are interactive type of shots that we've done. And they see that. They see our website, which has a lot of that on it. So they realize going in, that's our style. It's it's more of a casual, relaxed style let the child play, have fun, and we're going to capture them being themselves more so than, you know, this penny shot of looking at the camera and sitting on a box. Right. What do you do differently with your lighting to reflect that casual atmosphere? I mean, you do anything, what would be a typical lighting setup that you guys would use when you have a child that's going to maybe be moving around a little bit? If we're shooting children, typically we have a four by six huge softbox that we use that really brightens up a, a large area for us. We'll turn it horizontal so it even spans a little more of an area, keep it low. So it gives us a pretty big area we can use. Um, I typically use a second light as well as a fill light, um, as opposed to a reflector. With seniors, I use a lot of reflectors, but with children, typically a, a second fill light as well. And then possibly an overhead light depends on the lighting situation. Okay. But that big softbox makes a huge difference. It allows a little bit of leeway in terms of where they're sitting or playing, I guess. Right, exactly. Yeah. And if they're not in the exact center of that six-foot area, fine. You know, as long as they don't get too far out of it. They can still have a little bit of range, and we're going to be fine. Cool. Um, You also mentioned in your article that you started doing some pretty interesting things with maternity shots through the first year. I thought that was a cool program that you... The Bebe program? Yeah. Yeah, it's a program we we really learned a little bit from um, Vicki Toffer and Sandy Bush. They offer something similar to that where it's a full one-year program starting from maternity and going through the first year. And Andrew typically does most of those sessions, so... Yeah, I start in maternity, and then I do three months, six months, nine months, and a year. They select out photographs at each of those sessions to go in the album. And I really talk it up a lot when they're in there for maternity. They're going to get to add text. They're going to get to, to, you know, I have my graphic designer who's going to, you know, once we select out those photographs, I tell them about how many per session that we're going to have to do. If they want to put in there with a baby weighted newborn and it's six months and a year, we'll put that in there. If they were cutting teeth at three months, I, you know, we can put that in there. So it's not overpowered with text, but people love the idea of being able to select out things and be able to have a, a book, you know, all concise together. Not something they've had to work really hard to do. All they had to do was watch their children have a good time, come in and watch them on a big screen TV, and then say, yeah, I really like that one. Let's put that in there. And at the end of the year, then they see these great images, and they're you know they're just you know they just can't believe the changes that have transpired <laughs> in twelve months. That's a really cool program. Our parents absolutely love it. Yeah, it's one of those things that we've started typically thinking about newborn to to the one year. And at first, we when we when we first started it, we did the paternity session at no charge. You know, it was something that we really wanted to start doing. We thought we were interested in it. We thought it was cool. So you know, if, if you sign up for this, we're going to throw in the maternity session and. That went over so well, we, we still do that. So we still um, oh. have that session included with it. And, and the moms really enjoy that. So do they purchase the package up front then? And then you guys, I mean, how do you handle the pricing on something like that? I'm just, I you don't have it, to get specific, but I'm just curious how you. Well, I, <laughs> well, I bring it up. I have them pay a payment at maternity session because baby's not here yet. They don't pay anything at newborn because they've got enough new expenses with the baby and, you know, extra things for mom and that kind of thing when the baby first comes. Then they pay a payment at three months, and then at six months, and then at nine months, and then at 
12 months, they've got maybe first birthday. They're doing a party. They're sending out invitations. They're doing all this kind of stuff. So I don't want them to have any extra expense out at that time. And parents love that as well. You know, they're not paying out this big chunk of money in one setting. They're not having to wait till the end and again pay this big chunk of money. So they love the breaking it up part. I just keep, you know, records of all that. And, you know, I have some grandmas who buy it. You know, we want to we want to do this for mom. You know, we want to do this for my grandbaby. And they'll buy the whole package up front. And that's great, too. Right. Yeah. And numbers aren't near as big when you break them up by fours. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. I think it's a great idea. And it's really considerate, too, especially thinking about where they are in their life cycle of, well, difficulty in terms of what they have in terms of expenses and their time and frustration and everything going on. That, that's got to really strike a, a chord with them and kind of give you guys a little more notch up in their top of mind awareness. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, we really try to, you know, to put their best interests at heart. You know, we realize it's, it's expensive to have babies. You know, it's expensive to bring them home from the hospital. Besides all the other expenses, just just with the diapers and the formula and all the, the clothes and the cribs and everything else you have to buy. You know, the last thing you have to worry about also is, you know, making a big payment towards photographs. So right. let's do it at three months. Let's do it at six months. Let's do it at nine months. Then that first birthday, spend your money and enjoy the party. You know, have, have fun with that. Don't spend your money on your child. You've already got these, this covered by then. That's pretty cool. Right. That's nice because it's like, well, when you're worried about when you're going to sleep, you know, the last thing you want to worry about is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think another thing, too, you know, um, I love the, the babies. I love the kids, you know. And so when they come in, it's, you know, I have two boys. I have no daughters. Several of my, you know, current clients who are going through the program have got girls. And I, you know, it's like, how's my girl? You know, I haven't seen her. You know, it's been three months since I've seen her. Look how much she's grown. And so well, I always tease them. I'm living vicariously through them, you know. <laughs> so they got to keep me posted on what they're doing and, you know, what new things are going on. And I ask. Are they sleeping? Are you know, they eating good and that kind of thing? And I think it's just that personal interest. Now, I, I know facts about their babies. I know when they come in from the last appointment. I know when she was in last time, you know, she was really bad on that. She got any better at that. And I am concerned. I mean, I do have a personal interest in them. And I'm not just asking to ask, but I do, you know, and I think that makes, we end up becoming friends with our clients. And that, that goes a long way as far as them sharing their experiences with their friends and their families and them giving that same personal interest when they come in to be photographed because they already know how to treat their family. That's great. Yeah, that is. Well, speaking of marketing, you have another thing that, that was in this article that we found about you guys where you uh, did theme days. You want to talk a little bit about what you guys do in particular or what you have done? Um, it's kind of one of those things. I had went to a PPFA conference and before that, I had kind of read about them, seen about them, not really sure how to approach them, how do you, you know, do those kind of things. So I had gotten talked to several different photographers who had tried it. You know, Lisa Jane Murphy was one, Cindy Baxter was one. And I kind of had talked to them about not wanting to be a cookie-cutter photography with themes because our style was so let a style be themselves. Now, all of a sudden, I'm creating this theme and insert kids. Right. I, I didn't <laughs> want that portrayed as cookie cutter. And after speaking with them, we did see that that's not the main thrust of our business, but it is a nice added thing for parents. You know, the whimsy of a fairy or the, you know, playing with a duck or playing with sand on a beach or cotton that's supposed to be snow, all those kind of things, it does give the child an element to still be themselves. And even though you're putting several children in the same environment, what the ability you have to capture is still really limitless. 
Yeah, we we started out with the duckling theme. You know, we went to the to the conference in February and said, okay, if we're going to do this, let let's do it around Easter time. We'll do the duck theme. It was it seemed to be the most interactive with something else where it wasn't quite a cookie cutter effect. Because I'll tell you, I really wasn't up to the idea of doing themes. I didn't like the idea of it. I, I was kind of opposed to it. But Ada talked to me and talked to me. I'm like, okay, we'll 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 try one and see how it does. So we we went all out. We built a big pond in our studio. We set up all the went out and bought hundreds and hundreds of dollars of artificial plants to put around, and it looks just like a pond in the studio. We ordered <laughs> mail ordered these little ducklings that came in and, and dealt with them for a couple of weeks. <laughs> but everyone else, you know, is doing things with bunnies around that time of year. And our marketing was we sent postcards out that said, you know, you've done bunnies year after year. Now do something different. Spend That's a cool. day with the ducklings. <laughs> That's very cool. I mean, the first year we did it, we did over 60 sessions wow. in, in a two-week period. Last year we oh, did man. it. We spent about the same. We did about 60 sessions. So we've done it two years now, and it's been extremely successful. Now, do you find that you get a lot of your existing clientele for these, or is this kind of like a a way to generate new Walker Studio customers? Out of those 60 clients, I mean, probably 50 of them were new clients. Wow. And now this last year, you know, we did have some repeat clients, but the first year we did it, we picked up 50 new clients, and some of them are very good clients that come to us constantly year after year. So you know, they have multiple children and they're, they're always coming to see us doing photographs. So we picked up some of our best clients from doing those. So it's a brilliant way to introduce people to your studio. So needless to say, since that one went so well, it wasn't hard to convince me to do a few more. So <laughs> we set up the beach theme and did, did some beach things where we brought sand in the studio and did the whole thing. If it's hot outside, but the, the temperature's right inside. We did it in the middle of summer when it was a hundred degrees outside here, but, but they've gone really, really well for us. It's, it's not something we do all the time. It's something we offer maybe once every quarter, so our customers and clients know that we're not going to do one, you know, every other week. Right. They have this opportunity to do it, and they're not going to see it again until another year, maybe two years before we do the same theme again. Right. That's pretty cool. So that you're not sacrificing your trademark, which is the casual environmental portraits, but yet you can offer this as well. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's definitely a neat idea. We also noted that with some of your sessions, we're distributing CDs and DVDs to your clients. How is that working for you? With our high school seniors, if they purchase our top package, what we do is we take their proof and we set them to a slideshow that is set to music that they've chosen. You know, they pick out three songs, so if it's country and that's what they're into, then it's set to country music. If they're into rock and roll or, you know, classical, whatever it is, it's set to something that they're interested in and it's photographs of them. They can't purchase the CD. Uh, I've had parents who's like, I, you know, I'd love to buy that for graduation. No, I don't sell it. It's only with that top package. And it has, on occasion, bumped clients from package B to package A because they want that DVD. Or I've had, you know, kids who, you know, I mean, I had one mom says, I'm not here for pictures. I'm here for the DVD. So what do we need mm-hmm. to get that? Okay. You know? <laughs> so the kids love it. It's a neat thing for them. We've done things this year a little different. We had a lot of difficulty last year in helping our especially our high school seniors, to keep their appointments and to see the validity of not dragging out the process of keeping their proof book or, you know, coming in to view their proofs, whichever way they chose to do it. So we offered that if they made the appointment, if they went ahead and scheduled their appointment to come in and view their prints when they were photographed, that as a thank you for keeping that appointment session, that we would give them five free MySpace pictures on a disc. Oh, okay, cool. 
deep down, we know they're going to copy them anyway to get them to MySpace. But they look like crap by the time they get there. So if I give them a good disc with a high-res file with my logo on it, then they're all excited. And I have had only a couple of students cancel their appointments or, you know, move their appointments. Wow, that's a great way to take care of that. Yeah, yeah, and you do with teenagers, you know, their life, it's amazing how hectic it is, you know, all the things they have going on with after-school activities and sports and the girlfriends and boyfriends, and they have jobs and school, and, you know, it's like they're really as busy as we are, so just let them see the importance of that, you know, just a little bonus like that, you know, you keep your appointment, we'll give you five pictures to put in MySpace. And I can understand, they're going to take, they're going to copy it with their camera phone and put it online anyway. Right. <laughs> we'll look good and have our logo a little bigger on it, so <laughs> their friends know where those good pictures came from. That's great. It, at least this way you can control the, the quality of it a, a bit better. Right. Yeah, if we did, uh, so I take the regular, the high-res image, I, re, I scale it down a little bit, so it's not going to print well, but it certainly does look good online for them. That's a great idea. Now, uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about was, since we're kind of on the topic of marketing right now, do you do anything with presentation of your prints with your clients? Do you just sell prints by themselves, or do you get into framing and all that sort of thing as well? We do framing as well in-house. I think one of the biggest misconceptions that people may have is that, you know, if you go to your portrait photographer to have something framed, it's going to cost five times more than if they take it somewhere else, which simply isn't the case. You know, we've shopped around. We have a few framing companies that we use that are frames that we can offer to our clients. We have corner samples available that they can use. We also have some in-stock frames that they can choose from. So, yeah, we do also offer framing as well. Let's just switch gears for a little bit. I appreciate you guys sharing all that stuff with us about how you run your business. Sounds like you've got some terrific ideas. We also have a lot of people who are really interested in the in the technical aspect of what it is that you guys do so well. Let's talk about gear for a few minutes. Do you have a particular brand of equipment that you prefer in terms we of We are all Canon. Really? <laughs> okay. Ed and I have a little ongoing thing here. So he's happy to hear that. Hi, <laughs> are you? Cool. And, I, I think our listeners are tired of it by now, though. I'm sure they are, but it's still it's still fun to bring up with the guests. It is still fun to do with each other. <laughs> one, one question I did have since you do so much location work, what's your typical lens that you would choose for an outdoor portrait session like that? Uh, the camera we use is, is a Canon 5D. Uh, we love that camera a lot. It's yeah, a little smaller body than some of their, um, their other models, so it does travel well. It's, something we don't, you know, it's not going to wear us out by the end of the day. So the 5D is a great camera. And the, the lens we use more than any is a 70 to 200 2.8 lens. Okay, great. That lens, it's just a great lens. The 2.8, I mean, it blows out the background. You don't have to worry about that. It keeps everything tack sharp. And the, the image stabilization in that lens is just terrific. I've heard a lot of portrait photographers that have talked about that being the portrait lens. I mean, that almost Canon should relabel that as that's, that is the lens <laughs> that a portrait photographer should have. It's a bomb. <laughs> I use that lens in portrait work ninety five percent of the time. Really? I mean, it's... even indoors, then I guess. Yes. Cool. Well, kind of taking that equipment another another step of the way. When you guys get back to the PC or Mac, whichever way you guys work, Mac. Uh, <laughs> I can't win them all, Bill. There, at least we got one for. <laughs> I've been playing a lot with workflow with different applications. What do you guys use to help streamline your workflow? I use Lightroom, and typically I'll do all my sorting through Lightroom, um, get my basic color adjustment where it needs to be, because you, you can do the batch that? adjustments in there, um, even on JPEG files, so, which is what we shoot. We do shoot JPEG, but you can do batch adjustments on everything with your light and your exposure. So I use Lightroom for all that, and then I'll export it out. And then 
go into Photoshop. One of the best programs we found here within the last year has been a product called Portraiture. I was doing a ask wonderful job with, with skin tones. The only product I know of that can go in and soften the skin without screwing up everything else in the image. So it really does a nice job of isolating the skin, softening the skin, but yet leaving every other everything else in the image tack sharp. That's great. I just read an article on Portraiture and I was gonna ask you if you if you tried it. So I like it a lot. It saves me a ton of time because I used to go back before and see Gaussian blurs and, and mask things out. And it, I mean, it took a long time to do each image. Now it's much, much easier. Now, is that something that you can batch into your workflow? You can, yes. And I do it often, yeah. Because once I've exported those, those files out of Lightroom into a folder, I will run, I typically run a batch. I'll do one first to see what level of portraiture I want it on because there are different levels you can set it. And then whatever I find out works for that subject skin, then I'll batch it to the rest of those images. Once you have post-processing done, uh, you mentioned proof books. Do you always have your clients look at prints, or do you do some digital proofing as well? We do almost all of our imaging digital. Now, on our seniors, we do offer books, have them out showing all their friends their books. Okay. We found in this area, kids, they go out and they show everybody they know. They'll have it at school. It's in their locker. They, I mean, they've shown all their friends. So we're getting tons of referrals by doing that. And I know that most studios are going away from proof books and they frown on them. But for us, it's just a huge part of our marketing to have those offered. When we just did a family session last week because a guy saw someone in his office had their, their child's proof book in the office. So, you know, we booked a huge family session off of it because he saw one of our senior proof books. Great. But that is the only area we do offer proof books. Everything else is all digital. Okay. So they make their selections online and then you, no, 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 no. They come back in the studio for a sales session. Okay. Gotcha. We don't do any online proofing at all, other okay. than weddings. Okay, so they come back into the office, and that's where you do, like, a slideshow or something yes. in, in the studio. Okay, I gotcha. Yes. gotcha. We use ProSelect, which is another wonderful product, well worth every dime it could ever cost. Um, <laughs> we do all of our, our sales sessions through ProSelect. It is a great sales tool. Um they offer so many templates, but you can just pop pictures in and be able to see what it will look like. And I, I have gone from somebody who didn't really want anything for their wall, but they love through their pictures, but they're similar enough you know, to do those series and that kind of thing. Okay. Um, we have one we call a 7-Up. I mean, I can't count the number that I've sold to high school seniors. It's seven prints on one 12 by 24 series. We can pop those pictures in. We can move them around. They have a say in kind of where we move them and that kind of thing, and they absolutely love that. But they can see it right then and there. They don't have to imagine what I'm talking about. Right. They don't have to try to imagine what their pictures will look like because I show them right there on a big screen. That's great. We did. I mean, when we first started out, we did do online proofing. We thought it was the coolest thing ever that people could sit at home and look at their images. But then people call back in and say, why do these look dark? Yeah. Well, because <laughs> right. your monitor's 20 years old and stuff. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, but that's their first impression or that these pictures aren't, aren't that great. Right. That's a good point. Right. Well, you don't know what they have sitting on their desk. You have no idea. Absolutely. But when they come back in and you're showing every, I mean, we show everything on a 50-inch plasma. It's crisp. It's bright. And it's meant to music. <laughs> and, they, and when they cry, they bye. Uh, they bye. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the slogan. <laughs> 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 oh, we can get you close. <laughs> that's terrific. This presentation. I mean, like for a lot of high school seniors, you know, this is this is it. Babies going off to college, or yeah. you know, you know, the service, or whatever, you know. 
And when they're babies, they're just babies. They're, they're, they've seen two or three more months pass by, and they just they look so grown up on a big screen TV. Oh, that's yeah, I don't great. think people sit at home and look at their computer and go, I want them all. But they do come to the studio and say, I want them all. That's good. <laughs> we can arrange that. <laughs> what about lighting equipment? Just kind of at the end of the conversation here, it's curious. Do you have a particular type of light that you reach for often in the studio, mostly softboxes or do you mix it up? Do you try things on your seniors that are edgy? And We use um, Bowen's mono lights. I, most of the heads I have are the 750s. Um, I do have a few 250s that we use. Large and soft boxes, everything from 4x6s down to the strip lights. With the seniors, we do a lot of strip lights and try to keep things a little edgier, really control that lighting. But with children, like I said, in that big soft box, gives them a lot of room, a lot of wiggle room. But what do you typically do when you're lighting a family? Do you pull out the bigger lights and get more broad, you know, soft lighting, or do you try to be more specific with how you light the groups of people? Typically, if it's a bigger family, we're going to use the bigger boxes and and try to keep things soft and a little more even. Okay. If it's a small family, then we may use center reflector. Try to bring a little more definition, a little more, little more shadowing in. But with bigger families, it's just a little easier. I think a little more consistent if you use bigger lighting. Right. And with new families, like a lot of times, if I, if I can, if I can get dad or mom to come back in with baby at three months, if they're three months, a newborn in three months sessions, if I can get dad to come in when I do their families, I like to use a kicker light in the back so that it, it's real moody. And we do a lot of those in black and white, so it just really makes nice contrast. I mean, we've got some light on them, obviously, but the kicker light just really makes a really nice contrast and makes them really sharp. So you... This is a small strip light. And you're talking about against it like a really dark background? Yes, like a black background, a really dark background. Then we'll use a strip light as a kicker light coming back towards the camera just to get that separation. Because I'll even encourage them. I tell, you know, I, I tell them in advance, we're going to do a lot of black and white. Bring black shirts, bring white shirts. Because I think they're going to do either one or the other against the black background typically. Okay. And so they're kind of prepared when they come in knowing what I'm going to do. And that we're going to, because baby skin tones are so uneven when they're newborn. You know, even after three months, it's still pretty uneven. And, you know, if mom's real tan or real pale or whatever, you know, it's just such an unpleasant color portraiture. So the black and white just really makes it a statement. That's cool. You've got some really nice images that are black and white on your website. So I do want to ask one more thing. If you were going to give some advice to someone who wanted to get into this field, now that you guys have been in the business for about five years, what would you have done different? Or what would you tell them to watch out for? That sort of thing. You got any advice for new portrait photographers? I think the, for me, the biggest advice I would give would be to get in an organization where you can get, where you can really get involved with other photographers who have done it for a long time. For me, Senior Portrait Artist Spa has been a huge difference for me in, in what I do and how I do it. I mean, just the, the things I've learned from other photographers. I mean, there's great photographers in the organization, um, from Jeff and Julia Woods to the Antisdells, Fuzzy. I mean, there's just tons of great names who have years and years of experience. And just the ideas that, you know, they'll come up with and, and suggestion that they give you makes a huge difference. I mean, I've learned so much from those guys in a short period of time. It's made all the difference, I think. That's great. And I think just do things that are unexpected. We have a see-through cooler in our shooting room. When parents are sitting there waiting for their kids to be shot or a high school senior's there for three hours, you know. They're high school seniors. They're 17 years old. They don't think to bring a drink. You know, so we're like, you know, hey, it's here when you want it. Get it. It's the pop, it's water, it's whatever. With kids, 
you know, mom's got a diaper for another toddler or whatever, and so we'll carry the stuff out to the car, especially if they, you know, pack in the baby and they pick up their order. We'll carry the order out. We have one mom who calls us the drive-by people because she will call me and say, I'm about a block away, and I carry her prints that are ready for her out to her car so she doesn't have to get the three boys out of the car. Oh, that's a good idea. You know? It's a 20-minute oh, yeah. deal to get her three kids out of the car. Absolutely. <laughs> two minutes for me. You know, it's, it's not... And I think just those little things in, in my dressing room, I've got deodorant, I've got gel, I've got hairspray, I've got the barbicide like hairdressers use so they can use a comb and not worry about anything else, you know, wrinkle release, just those little things, you know, safety pins, bobby pins, whatever, those little things go a long way and sometimes you don't even realize it until later, like, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have this lint roller, you know, we're like going... We just photoshopped it out later, but. <laughs> right. You know, the other thing is, and I know there's a lot of people getting in the field who recognize, you know, this is not an inexpensive business. I mean, it's very expensive, everything we do, but you almost have to not be afraid to spend the money on, on the quality of, of your gear and the quality of what you're doing because you're going to replace it if you don't. I mean, that, you know, the lens we're talking about. Yeah, okay, it may be a $2,000 lens, but I had a cheaper lens before that. I can tell you that. It's sitting on a shelf now. I never use it. That's right. money that is wasted where I should have bought the quality item the first time. That makes sense. Well, kind of as a follow-up to that, when a beginning person is pricing themselves, do you have any advice for them in terms of setting rates and that kind of a thing? Man, that's tough because I think, <laughs> I know, speaking for ourselves, I think we do a lot of photographers do. You price yourself low to try to get people in the door, and then you start working yourself up. I mean, and that's kind of what we did, you know. We used to shoot weddings for seven ninety five five years ago. I mean, it was we were dirt cheap to get weddings, you know, and now it's four thousand. So you may price yourself that way at first, but you gotta start raising those rates quickly. I mean, once you start developing a clientele, you and the people see that you are quality, you ha- you can't stay low like that. You have to start raising your rates because people see the worth with the value with that. You know, right. exactly. And you have to do that. You have to set yourself apart. Everybody's got a digital camera now. They all think they're photographers. <laughs> So you have to prove that you're different when you play with, you know, not play with it, but when you, you know you have to get your lighting right, numbers right, you get your exposures right, and that kind of thing. Because anybody can grab a camera and start shooting, but you want them to see it's not a grayscale; it's black and white. You know, you want them to be able to see the difference between what a professional will do and just point shoot. Right. Well, that's great. Well, guys, I really appreciate you taking time out of your evening to hang out with us and, and to share your insight and your experience. Well, thank you very much. I mean, we certainly appreciate you guys you know, being interested in our studio and what we do. We appreciate help, being able to help anyone else out. Certainly, we go to other people for help ourselves. Anytime we can get a chance to help someone else, we, we're glad to do so. Well, that's all we have for this episode of Light Source, the brightest podcast on the internet. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode and all the other Light Source episodes at the website studiolighting.net. And you can also send us an email comment at studiolighting at gmail.com when you can send us comments, questions, or just images that you'd like us to see. And if you really want to get involved with some of the other listeners to the show, you can head over to the Light Source Flickr group at www.flickr.com slash groups slash light source you can post your images and get feedback on your photography as well as seeing the things that we're taking pictures of and as always if you missed any of these links our quick outro here 
You can find all of that and more at www.studiolighting.net. Till next time. Check out this show and more great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com. Photocastnetwork.com.